Hey y'all, let's talk about making your week a whole lot easier with Factor. Picture this, gourmet meals, dietitian approved, delivered straight to your door. No fuss, no hassle, just deliciousness waiting for you. Whether you're keto, calorie smart, vegan, or anything in between, Factor has over 35 options a week to choose from. And the best part is they're ready to eat in just minutes. But it's not just meals. Think snacks, smoothies, and all the good stuff in between. Plus, it's budget-friendly, way cheaper than your typical takeout, and way healthier too. Let's just say Factor gets you. It's perfect for our busy lives, offering flexibility with 6 to 18 meals a week. And don't worry, if you need a pause or reschedule, they got you. And let's talk about cleanup. With Factor, there's none. Meals come ready to heat and eat. So say goodbye to cooking and cleaning. So ready to simplify your life? Well, go ahead and head to factormeals.com slash blackgirlflow50 and use our code blackgirlflow50 to get 50% off. That's code blackgirlflow50 at factormeals.com slash blackgirlflow50 to get 50% off. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc welcome to the black girl flow podcast a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us we are about cultivating joy growth and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old black girls working every day to be in flow, and we want you along this journey with us. Welcome back to the Black Girl Flow podcast, your favorite homegirl-to-homegirl conversations. We are so excited to be welcoming our first guest of the season. Whoop, whoop. I told y'all, we both told y'all that we were going to try to have more guests, people in our community just doing amazing things. So we just want to bring a really warm welcome to Nakaya Ward, the founder of the Black Renaissance. And I'm going to pass it off to Lexi to introduce our lovely guest. Yeah, we're like too excited y'all can probably feel us just holding back the excitement for this conversation but I get the pleasure to introduce Nakaya um because girl's got a bio y'all like she's really coming in holding it down she is a freelance writer one she's a poet two a digital archivist three she's based (laughs) in the ATL which of Of course course, all of the phenomenal women they come yeah there you go Liv's always repping it always repping it Her blog, Black Renaissance, was born in 2016, which feels like a hot minute ago. But when she began publishing her college essays about race and culture, then in 2019 developed a blog into a digital archive on Instagram that showcases, y'all, Black art of all forms. Like, come on. Inspired by everyday life, her mission is to exemplify how we carry our history with us every single day. I'm just going to go ahead and hand y'all the handle because I know you're all ready to just go ahead and click that follow. So at the (laughs) black BLK Renaissance, and then also her personal account at Nakia Ward. Uh, Y'all, we are so excited to have her. Um, But because I'm so eager to get around this conversation, we got to kick it off first with the pulse check. So we're excited to do a little round of how we're showing up in the space. 
and Liv and I are going to kick it off and then Nakai is going to introduce herself, give us a little post check and we are going to get this conversation going. Yes, we love that. We love that. All right, y'all, what's been going on in our lives? Time to actually reflect. I know, right? (laughs) I actually have had a really great weekend. (laughs) But I would say that it's like one of those do nothing weekends. Like it was very go with the flow. Haven't had one of those in a minute. Um, And I'm just like super pumped for a lot of the things I have going on. So I'm simply going to keep it simple. Like my life has been simple. I'm going to keep it simple. But I will put an asterisk and this is not simple. I'm in the home buying process. Um, and that is, that is, that is, that is that, that is that, that's just happening in the background, but other than that, my life is very simple. Those are big things. Wait, we have to talk about more. You said you got a lot of things going on. Like, can we get a sneak peek? Like you said that your life is simple, but like, you're excited. Like, what are some of those things that are coming up for you? Yeah. I just think like getting to tap back into, I'm like a very crafty person and I was like Mm -hmm. crocheting a lot over the summer last year. And I'm like starting to get back into like my artsy things. And Mm -hmm. it always brings me so much joy in doing that along with like finding parts of my work that I really am enjoying and want to amplify. So getting to be like a part of some cool projects with work. And then on the other side of it, being able to enjoy my downtime. I feel like I see a crochet sweater for me in my future by Lexi. Oh yeah. <laughs> did see. you see that? You heard that. You saw that. It's girls Look. trying to finesse out here, right? She's trying to finesse. I have, y'all, I've been trying to get Lexi to start a little crochet business for the longest, but she is not a Capricorn, so she doesn't feel like making her passion projects into money. Um, but I always see everything as a business opportunity and you know what, since she doesn't want to start a business, I like to hoard all of her crochet skills. But that's what's up. Like, I think for you, Lexi, just having a chill, go with the flow weekend, like, I think that is your perfect vibe. So love that for you. Um, My pulse check, I feel like since things are still kind of opening back up, even though we're still in quarantine, I have really made it made it my mission to invest in the relationships I have with other women in Atlanta because I was just talking to Lexi like most of the people that I like know in Atlanta are people from like high school and like middle school and since I went to school in North Carolina uh you know like my friends are pretty much like all over the U.S. and are still in North Carolina so I've been having a phenomenal time getting to connect with more girls in Atlanta and also like explore and live like my grown woman lifestyle also first job um like full-time job ever is starting in two weeks so I'm really on my grown up which she got that for oh one k she got that for oh one k no yeah definitely ready to to not live the part-time job lifestyle and um, have, a, have a full-time job. It's been a year and a half since graduating school. So I feel like it's definitely that time. And I'm just really grateful for the opportunity. So life is good. We'll definitely give you all updates on how I'm liking being a grown-up. I need to get a credit card. I As think if- that's like the next step. <laughs> So let me address a couple things. One, I've been telling Olivia she needs her credit card for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, two, the fact that you're talking about adulthood as if it's not going well for you, you get to opt out. And that's just not how that works. <laughs> no, we're... <laughs> and number three, I love to hear that you're investing not just in yourself, but your community. And that just gets snaps for days because that's a beautiful love, process. I love the snaps, love the snaps. So yeah, that's what's going on in my life. Maybe next episode, I'll actually get a credit card. That sounds so bad, but like, <laughs> I just, uh, the process, the process is simple. I just always forget it until I'm like having conversations about adulting. And I remember that credit is like a thing. But regardless, now that we have done our pulse check, you ready, girl? What's been going on in your life? It's so funny because I don't have a credit card either. And like, okay, my, thank you. My my brother, like, he's been telling me like, just get credit cards and just like build up your credit. And I'm like, okay, one day I'm going to actually take being an adult seriously. 
Right, exactly. One day. Like, cause it's it's crazy. Like, cause well, first of all, I'm so happy to like be in this space with y'all. Like, I think that what y'all do is so amazing. Like, I love the rebrand. I love like the energy. Like it's so warm and just like you know like this is this is what I like it's homegirl um, vibe right like really like it's real chill like I just feel so comfortable but um man like my birthday was July 14th and yes queen like, you yes know, we a real yeah <laughs> a real true cancer like and I felt like in a time of like that week of my birthday, I was like, mm. okay, like I'm actually getting older. And it's like when you're in your youth and when you're young, it's just like you're just enjoying being youthful. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like I don't know. Like lately I've been hyper aware of things that like mm-hmm. I usually wouldn't be that focused on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I honestly, my weekend has been good too. Like it's been real chill. Like I'm learning to listen to my body more. Oh, love that. Like it's been telling me to rest. I feel like sometimes I go like nonstop. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I'm doing this. Okay, then this, then this, then this. And it's like, okay, you have to rest. And um, it also helps like with the creative process. Like mm-hmm. I remember like sometimes when I don't feel like doing something that I like to do yeah. it's just because I'm just burnt out and once you get to that point it's like okay it, you don't want to get to that point of mm-hmm. like out. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes so much energy to yes. come back from that that it's like dang if I would have just given myself that energy beforehand we wouldn't have had to get here <laughs> like, right. and then I was just talking with a friend last night about how like even with like COVID like I've been noticing that I have like anxiety Mm -hmm. um so having to like work around that but also like on the bright side um I've been like meeting new people yeah um like you know being in like the energy in the spaces of people like this who you know we share these things that we are like and that's just so like grounding for me yeah for sure like it's like wow like okay this is actually because like imposter syndrome what have Mm -hmm. you thinking sometimes that you don't like am I supposed to be in this space Mm -hmm. and it's like wow like to to have that reflection in that mirror it's like so that's that inspires me you know like I'll get off I'll get off of this call and be like okay like I'm ready to get back in the booth I'm ready to (laughs) yes like it really yes and it's like it really helps my like energy and you know like I've been tuned in to like meditating like having to like oh girl I want to save okay hold on hold on I'm gonna have to put a pin in this because I really (laughs) want to save this for the conversation which is so great that you bring up like navigating your identity and like also creativity in this pandemic world and you know navigating that as a full-grown black woman so I love what you were just saying but we gonna have to like really give them the full picture of how you have created this space and how you navigate you know your creativity and your identity and like getting past that imposter syndrome and all that stuff I do gotta give a shout out though I am a cancer I have a cancer moon and so I just really want to, I felt the warm fuzzies of all the cancer energy of like being hella in your feelings <laughs> all the yeah. time yeah. and having to work around that. So I've been really trying to understand all the facets of myself and everything you said, I was like, oh, the little cancer inside of me was like, yay, we feel no, so you're, 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 you're cancer rising Pisces moon. You say I feel like we have this discussion. You're rising <laughs> You, but that still that still makes you have the water moon. Like you, you guys are still very like. Yeah, I'm a Pisces moon too. So there you go. There we go. 
then we're, oh. we're speaking the same language. Either way, thank you for teaching my Zodiac <laughs> chart, Olivia. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely, no, absolutely. Okay, so let's get into the meat of the conversation, my favorite part. So I want to bring it all the way back to 2016, or even we can even go before 2016, um, and you really finding your identity as a writer and poet like what was that personal process like of being like okay I can actually like I actually have I'm, I'm passionate about writing I'm passionate about poetry like where did you get inspired from what was that process like man like it's crazy because I think about when I was like little like around mm -hmm. seven and I was just like write like songs Mm -hmm. I had this karaoke system and I would like write out songs all the time and it was like I didn't even think anything of it and it wasn't until I got to like high school and I started to like join like poetry club the newspaper mm -hmm. committee because my teachers would like read my writings and would ask me to join these things and I would be like oh okay you know I don't think that I'm like an actual writer but it's fun and right. um, so that's when I really like knew that I was going to be in the creative field. I like mm -hmm. was, I thought I was going to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be like on radio. Like I wanted to do so many things yeah, like during sure. my like high school years. And then when I got um, to college, which is where the Black Renaissance was formed, um, my major, my first major was journalism. And I remember my um my um English teacher she said oh have you ever thought about making a blog and I was like no I've never thought about making a blog and the very first thing I remember I signed up to WordPress like I got this like free like WordPress domain and the first thing I published was an article that I wrote for her class that I got an A on because I was just so proud of it like I was mm -hmm. like okay I want this, I like, I want this to be a thing. And it took me a really long time to find my identity with that. Mm. Like, I look back and I'm like, whoa, like it wasn't even the Black Renaissance when I first made it. Like, mm. it was like, it was like the Reader's Valley or the <laughs> Reader's Alley. And mm -hmm. I remember when I took, journalism class and this professor I'm still like cool with like he still protects and I was sitting down with her and she was like you know you have your own like image and your creation should reflect that mm -hmm. so I sat and I thought I turned it into something else and then it was something else um mm -hmm. so it took a really long time to develop it into what you see now and right. I wouldn't even say that it really got to this point until about a year or two ago mm. when I finally like really like stuck my teeth in it and was like okay this is what I want to do but for the longest I was just posting like random articles mm. um that I just wrote for fun mm. or mm. wrote for class and um I remember when I was like 18, 19 years old, um, I didn't even, I still wasn't even at the point where I called myself a writer, like, or a poet. Like, it just felt so weird to me to even right. like- To claim that for yourself. To, to claim that. And so honestly, it wasn't until, even though I've been writing like forever, it mm -hmm. wasn't until recently that I was like, okay, this is actually what I'm doing. <laughs> you like, 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 like if it look like a duck, it quack like a duck. I think it's a duck, <laughs> and I be golly, I'm a writer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was terrified to even like be in that because, especially like, like thinking about the people that I looked up to and mm -hmm. like researching, I was like, okay, like I'm just doing this just like for whatever. And I was like, wow, like, okay, so yeah, basically from the time period from like 2016 to like 2018, right. my like, those were like the dark ages of the Black Renaissance. 
mm-hmm. like the blog page looked terrible mm-hmm. like it was not it, it just was different mm-hmm. and right. I realized now I was just like trying to like figure myself out in what I was actually doing mm-hmm. and so yeah the origin story like I remember the first time I posted a writing of mine and it was a post about like hip-hop culture right um and recently I like revamped it mm-hmm. but I remember posting that and I was thinking like wow like okay now it's out there mm. and once you begin to like put it out there I was like I was like oh shit like now I have to like maintain so that was a hard part too like just being consistent mm-hmm. and like okay so okay this is actually what I'm doing right of course boy oh boy do we understand uh continued rebrand and the value of consistency and really owning your craft so so much of what you've said about the process to get where it is today you know that's such a beautiful honoring of the space and beauty that it holds now and I think you know I want to hear because you say you you know you also ascribe to yourself like being a digital archivist and the space being a place to really capture black stories black narratives black culture and I you know for the rest of the black girl flow podcast community like you know, what, why is that important to you to capture those stories in that way? And like, how did you get to understanding the space as a digital archive space? I know it's like kind of, that's dimensional, but so is your work. So (laughs) yeah, like that's a whole other part. Like I I forgot to talk about like the actual archive section of it, but so around like 2019, I wanted I wanted a place for the Black Renaissance that, like, people could just, like, go to, like, without having to, like, go to the blog and read. I I wanted something to match the content. So yeah. I formed that, and I kid you not, I did not know archiving was even, like, a thing. Like, I really didn't even know it was a thing. Like, I remember the first time someone... um told me about the workouts and I was like wow this is work like I really had no idea Mm -hmm. and so transitioning into that um I I always would like the photos that I use for my um articles I would Mm -hmm. always be attracted to like um history and just the aesthetics and what I really what really attracts me to it is how much I can see what we're doing now mm-hmm. as the same as uh, our historical references right. and so basically like the process is sometimes I like take photos of like like archival books I have mm-hmm. or like I go to digital archives um like the Yale library has a really good archive for for black history like it's so interesting um, then I started like seeing other archives and I was like, oh, I like that too. I like this. And basically I want people to see how much that we are actual remnants of the past. Mm. Um, like with what you're doing now with the podcast, for example, this can, this is more than likely going to be, um, like a, uh, audio reference yeah, like for people in the future to know okay this is what's happening right now y'all <laughs> like dang okay but that's so true of like yeah what the the things that we're building today are also in relationship not just with the present but also in relationship with the past and the future yeah. too that's yeah. that's like that's a whole that's like a whole bar <laughs> but yeah, like, I I have a question for you guys like because for me personally I did not have a lot of black author references from like you know at a young age um so I wanted to hear I was more curious to hear when was like the first book that you guys read by like a black author that was 
really profound. Like I'm not talking about the Buford High series or whatever that series. Do you guys remember that series of like books? <laughs> but I'm talking about like some like a book that you read. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I think I don't know if it's called Buford High. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Uh, what was the first book that you guys read by like a black author that you like could really sit with and like, like, wow, this was amazing. Oh, that, that one. And I can't even tell you, I think it's by a black author. And I don't think that it was like, it, it wasn't one that was super influential in my life. But I remember in sixth grade, we read Watson's Go to Birmingham. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, about a little Black family who, like, trekked through the South. And I think Mm -hmm. it was by a Black author. I think that was the first time that, like, I remember on the cover. The other things were, like, The Giver or, like, Hatchet or, like, those other really, like, cliche, you know, Romeo and Juliet. But Watson's Go to Birmingham. And I don't even remember how I internalize the messages and I'm also like I also probably blocked out whatever classroom conversation we had about it because it was probably so problematic that I like can't even process it but I think that was like the first recognition of looking at a book and like like a not like a chapter book and seeing like it the whole story be about black family that was a movie too oh no way yeah I saw the movie I never read the book but I saw the movie, so I'm like, okay, it was a good story. Okay, wow, okay, cool. I'm gonna have to check out the movie then. Yeah, it's. I just remember high school, middle school, I was so obsessed with like the young adult romance novels, and those were always told by white women. And just like, I was obsessed, and I would just DM them on Goodreads, like that type of stuff, like go to the book fairs and, you know, try to see if I can meet them. <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't until probably like senior year of call no senior year of high school and like early college is when I started reading more books by like African um writers and African-American writers because they they just impacted me so much more and I feel like kind of what you're doing with the black renaissance like connects that by showcasing um you know real stories real history of what has happened. And I love how you're saying that we don't even realize how the past and the present are intertwined and like are becoming the future in the way that like we showcase our art and like reflect the times of what's been going on. And I feel like, I'm really curious to hear about why do you personally feel like sharing these stories and narratives are super important like for the for the black community yeah I honestly I didn't even realize like how unique I guess my like upbringing was but like mm-hmm. my mom like she's like me times 2000 love so, that like we grow we grew up surrounded by all of these books mm. of literature like mm. she was really into that and I remember at like three or four years old, she made us like read the African American Encyclopedia. She got like the entire encyclopedia collection and made us like read them. Um, And at the time, I really didn't like understand. I was like, okay, she wants us to read a lot. She made made me write a lot. Like I would just sit and write. And um, so I was like surrounded by black things growing up and I went to like all black schools like my entire life wow and um I remember the first book I read in full by a black author was the bluest eye and that was in fifth grade and I just remember I'll never forget Miss Jackson she was my 10th grade English teacher and mm-hmm. our book assignment was reading the bluest eye. And at first I was like, okay, whatever. Like I'm a nerd, so I'm gonna read it anyway. So I can right. like do good. And I remember reading it. And by the time I got to the end, I was like, I need to know who this woman is. Right. Like, <laughs> 
cool Tony Moore's is. I need to know what else she wrote. Like I I got into it. Like I've never I I had never been into a book like that authentically before. Like I would mm-hmm. just like read because I was told. But I was right. I actually liked that book. And um I'm trying to remember the first question you asked. I'm sorry, my brain is like No, no, I was just saying, like, why do you feel like it's important to share these cultures? But like also that taps into your experience being and and I feel like what your experience of what you're talking about like being surrounded by black knowledge like that is a luxury and like you should absolutely cherish your upbringing of being taught these things and being even you could say forced to read (laughs) books I when when I was younger like I didn't appreciate it as much as I appreciate it now because now like a lot of the stuff that I know um I've kind of always known Mm -hmm. and I think that like preserving black culture history like it's important because literally all of our references are to the past like a lot of the things that we do especially as black people are from the from the past like I'm very like observant and I like to people watch and I look and I'm like wow like this is something that they were doing in this era that we kind of remixed or mm. this or even the music and like the samples it's always been like that like we've always took from like um our ancestors and even the way we dance it's like you can go back and look at like certain tribal dances and see the similarities mm. um the way we dress the way we do our hair the way we talk like and we only know because those things were like preserved and Absolutely. we have that reference. So I like to highlight that. And also from studying history, that's what makes me so aware of like the now and how yeah. um, it's literally happening right now. Like the things mm-hmm. we're doing on a day-to-day basis, that's the story. And I think that from this point of view, you can't really see what you're doing right. or you'll, you'll never really know how you're being perceived or how I'm being perceived. Like you'll never see what I see when mm-hmm. I'm like looking at you guys in the platform and mm-hmm. the weight that I think it holds because you're doing it. Right. And so that's important to me. And yeah, like, I just think our culture and our history it it lives just like continuously right through history like I think we literally carry our history with us so yeah, yeah that's girl what, I, I you speaking to the choir right now it's so crazy and I don't want to get too meta but like I was literally just having this conversation um with my brother just you know t- and also my dad just talking about how the past present and future are like all connected and it's going to be up to us to really determine how the stories are being told because it's always been through this white lens. And so if we all as a collective, like, like you, people like you hold these spaces where we can share our truth and let our story be told the way that we perceive it happening, like the, the, the future generations are going to be able to know better and do better and to also be educated because so much of history like we're just now uncovering and if we even see the way that certain states like Texas are banning like critical race theory like we're not able to actually be able to teach the younger generation things if white people are always going to you know gatekeep or diminish the the experience so it is going to be up to us to create those you know those patterns and to, to hold these spaces so I completely resonate with what you're saying and I would like for those two that you know aren't even familiar with like the actual era of black renaissance that has previously occurred I remember when we were first talking with you just about understanding and we both kind of mentioned we're like even the the art of archives and like gathering and holding on to history like how that looks so different in the digital age right now. And what oh, I think yes. what you're inviting all of us to 
kind of engage with is saying like, what's your story that's being archived? Like, just like the process and moment you talked about of the moment you posted something, you like, it's out there, out there. <laughs> like, this is my contribution to the narrative. And I think that holding spaces, like Lib was saying, that center and amplify Blackness, all of a sudden it doesn't feel so rigid like you're engaging with history or you're a librarian or things like that. It's it's more interactive. And I just go back to like even some of the blogs I've read of yours of like about the flying, the folklore of flying Africans. You had a Lovecraft blog, like just breaking down things that are so past, present and future to us, really bringing in a cohesive voice and in my mind that's always how I've understood like black the black essence is that it's an experience of the dimensions but I want people to think about too like what does a renaissance mean you know what is when we talk about a renaissance and we just gonna talk about it okay Beyonce had her little harp of the bad little she showed up it showed out oh, I literally I don't, I don't even go, I don't even read articles. Like, like I don't read like op-eds or like personal bios. I read every single word of that article. I looked at every single detail of every single outfit she had on. She's currently sponsored by Tiffany and Company. She also was stunting all of her stuff along with that. Like she put Ivy Park with some Valentino and she was like, yeah. And then drip me in some diamonds. And I was like, okay. But in her article, she mentioned that she also feels like we're in a renaissance. And I kind of want to just sit on this for a minute of just like, what do you understand a renaissance? What what does it mean that we're like potentially in a moment of digital renaissance and that Black voices and narratives are getting that spotlight in that way? Um, Because I also feel that wave and I don't even consider myself a creator like that. I'm just like observing from the sideline. But I want to hear what you think. Yeah, um, like just from looking at history, renaissances usually happen after like some crisis um, because it pushes you mentally. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's just like a burst of creativity from people who are realizing that, okay, like I'm confined, but there are things like inside of me that I can like contribute. And honestly, I think that right now we're in the age of Aquarius and I think what that means I've been saying this I said this is the year of the Aquarius bro it literally is and I don't know sometimes I just be mind blown I'm like oh this is happening but literally um I can see it like everywhere um people are creating um, people are doing things that they used to be scared to do. People are changing up their identities and their styles. Um, there's like a, a big change, a big shift in, in what's considered like good and what's considered art. And one of the references I made um, this morning in my head, I was thinking, I was like, I'm thinking about in the 70s where like the Afro was popular and it was because of the times they were in. Yeah. Everyone wanted to their hair to be a reflection of the times. And I'm noticing that now with locks. And I was trying to figure out, I was like, wow, like left and right, I see so many people like not only like starting their lock journey, but like embracing their lock journey or like natural hair journeys in general. And I'm like, okay, I can see that the time period that we're in is causing this natural, like, change in our culture. And um, I was telling a friend, I think that the people that are considered, like, the underdogs and the people that are in, like, the... uh, that are not mainstream, the Mm. people that we listen to or look at who don't get the recognition that we see like in pop culture, Mm -hmm. um, those are going to be the people that are going to end up driving the image and the culture Mm. um, because it's new, it's fresh. And I think people are craving like newness 
Like we want change. People are bored. I really think the pandemic, like that's like it's just like with the with the European Renaissance, there was like a plague. And then it was like this burst in like classical music and paintings, like that whole era of like the Renaissance paintings, like yeah, came right, right after like a plague. Um, the Harlem Renaissance, like with the migration and um, obviously like racial issues, like you birth artists like Langston Hughes and Zora Neale Hurston, and yeah. and I think about because sometimes these people feel like myths because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all we have of them is like the records and the images. And I was thinking like, okay, so all of these people existed at the same exact time. Like they were all creating this monumental work in literally the same time period. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I can see this happening now. It's like right. so many of us are creating. And yeah. just to go back to Beyonce, like, Beyonce, I really feel like she, I feel like she's probably the most important, like, musician of our generation. Like, I can, I can see how her legacy is going to, like, keep evolving. Yeah. Um, that was a good one. And, yeah, I think I think she's spot on. Like I really she's feel like we're only status. in the beginning. We we only in the beginning of the Renaissance. Like people, like and especially because you think like we're still like really young, and yeah. it's so much more that we don't even know we can do yet. Right. So it's like it's kind of scary, but it's exciting, and I'm I'm in tune to that, and I and I'm I'm following that and saying okay. Let me connect the dots. I love that. That is so powerful. And it, and it is so interesting. Like when you, you do think about the people that are shaping culture and like the legends out there, Beyonce is an immediate. I would, I, you can say what you want about Kanye. I say a lot of stuff about Kanye, but like you could also look at Kanye and yeah. be like, wow, like this is, it's a legend. And like he is, he's really shaping culture. They're both shaping culture. Um, we've got one more question before we go off to like our last closing out question um but what is next for you in the black renaissance you really just want to like highlight any upcoming projects like things that you've got going on anything that you really want to showcase because like we love your platform we love the community that you have going on for yourself it's so much more than just like aesthetically appealing black people on in film um so what what's going on what's what's next for you in the platform Man, I mean, so as far as, well, okay, I haven't, I've never really said this out loud, it's just been something I've just been doing, but I'm actually writing a book, and I want it to be, like, um, some historical fiction, um, so I want it to be, like, a novel, but I, it's really going to reflect, like, the essence of the Black Renaissance, because the novel, even though it's going to be set in, like, a the time period of the actual like Harlem Renaissance, it's going to be so like modernized and relatable. Cause I feel like with the Harlem Renaissance, a lot of people, since it's so like old timey, mm-hmm. um, I want to like recreate that mm-hmm. so people can like actually relate to what's happening. 100%, 100%. Um, yeah. And so that's like been like my main like focus. But I also can see the Black Renaissance like turning into like um, an actual like physical publication, like uh, maybe start with zines or um, and Mm -hmm. then like elevate into like a a larger publication and actually start to like not only showcase like the history, but highlight people now um, who are like doing things that to me, hold the same weight like I just really don't think people realize what's actually happening Mm -hmm. and to think to think about it too much like I wouldn't because it might like be kind of like anxiety inducing but it's like to me really powerful what I see right now um so yeah really just 
tuning in on like what we're what's happening right now and trying to um transition into actually featuring people Mm. on the blog and getting it like I'm teaching myself how to use like Adobe InDesign so I can like make my own little like books but yeah that's currently what I'm doing I've been like writing more poetry um just in that creative element Lexi not as having an author bestie I feel like that was a black girl flow excuse uh, exclusive (laughs) (laughs) can't even get that word out exclusive that's so amazing like it really sounds like you're in your creative element right now and I really love that so much of the black experience is bringing more people along with you than going at it alone so even Mm. that your dreams and hopes for the Black Renaissance space is to feature and give other people a voice in this to speak on exactly like you mentioned before like you have dropped so many nuggets in here like go ahead folks just go ahead and rewind because you probably didn't even catch all the good stuff that was in there absolutely you know people telling things from their experience from their from their vantage point and so boy oh boy just so excited just wow there's moments I got chills throughout this conversation and I really think people you know listeners to the Black Girl Flow podcast community think about what your like your contribution to the renaissance is think about what past present and future impacts how you're showing up in spaces I think even what you're saying you know Nakai is just like in that visioning process, it can be overwhelming, but we, if we collectively vision together what's possible for our people, for our experience, for our society, like that is what we're living out of the Langston Hughes, the Zora Neale Hurston's, the, the James Baldwin's that I, in my head, literally want to picture just sitting at a dinner table, kicking it up, you know, yes. no different than what we're doing. Right. And so continuing to engage in that, but, you know, we just cannot thank you enough. We're sending all the good vibes in the year of the Aquarius. With the growth of the Black Renaissance, we want to thank you for sharing space with the Black Girl Flow community. And before we sign off, we have one last question for all of our guests always, is what does it mean to be in flow for you? Yeah, like, thank you for even having this space. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is major to me. But to me, flow, like, to me, flow is like listening to a good playlist and just being in the energy of like a natural bliss like a natural element that puts me in the headspace to just authentically create like not forcing anything um listening to my body listening to like my spirit um meditating like just reflecting that's that's me in my flow state just being Mm -hmm. You know, just, just, you know, just being like, you know, in everyday life, the little things we do, like, all cultivate this, this story. And yeah, to me, that's what flow is. It's just being. Oh my gosh, I love that answer. Just being in your natural element vibe and listening to your favorite playlist with your favorite artists. Oh my gosh. I just feel like after this conversation, I just want to read all day long and just really get in some my bag and just, you know, educate myself. This has been such an amazing conversation. And so thank you again so much for joining us on this episode. Y'all, please go check out The Black Renaissance. It's spelled The BLK Renaissance. And at Nakaya Ward on Instagram, we're going to leave that in the show notes. And yes, that's all that we have for today. Thank y'all so much. And we will catch y'all next episode. Peace, love, blessings. Love y'all. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Rest easy. Bye, folks. Out. All right. That wraps up our episode this week. Don't forget to go check out Black Girl Flow podcast on social media. And even check out our new YouTube channel to continue the conversation there. 
We really appreciate if y'all could rate and subscribe our channel. And with that said, see you all next time. Rest well, folks.